Okay, welcome again tonight um, for part two of Jesus according to the scripture. We started off last week talking about knowing Jesus from the whole of the Bible. I just want to drop a couple of bits in just to refresh us. Um, the, the main scripture I used was John 7.37 um, and this is what it says on the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water in this context it says but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Believe in Jesus according to the scripture. We know not just the New Testament but the whole of the Bible. The Old Testament is still relevant. The Old Covenant has been made obsolete but the Old, the old Testament is still relevant. Jesus is hidden in these scriptures in a wonderful way and it's designed so those who are interested in finding him, who've got a heart for him, will find him. That's why the majority of the Jews of the day are still waiting for their Messiah to come. Israel will be saved, ultimately. But there are some Jews who have the heart to receive Jesus and are what we call Messianic Jews, now, those are the Jews who accept and receive Jesus as Messiah. I'm not sure that they follow the New Covenant rules, but that's some do and some don't, but that's about their heart to follow. Um, I'm just trying to drop on a few bits so I can remember, bring you into the picture. We talked about we're Christian. We're all here by faith. We got born again, and we we got saved. Salvation, sozo, soteria in Greek or Hebrew is a packet filled with good things. Stuart puts on WhatsApp about being saved, healed, delivered, made whole, washed, forgiven, guilt free. All this is in. Is, is available to us, every single one of us, because we are saved. What was that scripture that you just read? John 7.37. Right, okay. okay. It's, it's, it's the same scripture as Isaiah. Right, okay. So, we, you know, when we're born again, we're forgiven. Lots of that... Um, gift to us, is given to us some which we can take on board and believe others we've got to bring it to ourselves the bible said there's two words for faith Greek words and the one is about simply receiving the other one is about having to bring it to ourselves so let's talk about for instance 
We are healed. That's part of the package of salvation. We're healed by who his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Right? And it's physical healing. So why is it when I get a headache or have all the symptoms, I'm healed? But I'm still feeling these symptoms. We have to bring it to ourselves. We have to make a point of taking the healing of the scriptures in the midst of our symptoms and walking in the truth of those. Some physical symptoms go through a process. Others happen miraculously and are healed and done there momentarily, you know, in an instant. Others take time. But we are all healed and that healing has got to take its course. We've got to make a des- design and a determination in, in our attitude to what to do when we feel sick. Yeah, we can, we can have all the symptoms and, and say I'm healed and go to bed and say I'm healed. A lot of Christians wonder why they feel sick when they should be healed. I wonder why I have to go through all the, the rigmarole of, I can't, it, it, it's contradictory, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite. But the reality of it is, we've got to work through these things, we've got to believe them. If we're feeling ill, we've got a choice. We can either go to bed and enjoy the illness and moan and groan, or we can genuinely say, Okay, I'm healed. I'm not going to let this sickness stop me from doing what I would normally do when I was well. And yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's a learning curve involved. But the idea is, in our house, don't matter anyone's ill, we take no notice at all. It just carries on. There's no sympathy from me and Dot. We don't give each other sympathy and we don't give sympathy for the kids. You're getting up, you're going to school, you're going to college, whatever the case may be, you are well. Get over it. And it's it's not very sensitive or very nice, but it's the truth. And they've all thanked us for that. When you can look back. Because they're stronger and better for it. So. Sometimes the schools let you down and send them back home anyway. Well, that's another story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like the devil to remind us of our sickness, doesn't it? You know. But this is the truth for us. As Christians, we can either just receive the things and walk the same old life with having all the opportunities and all the inbuilt investment of salvation and walk like we're not healed we walk like we've got no righteousness, peace and joy we walk like we're condemning ourselves because these things aren't happening we have to actively put them together I mean this stuff's on the WhatsApp page all the time you know, we're talking about it we're making declarations we're flying the flag 
for healing was shouting out from the mountaintops were healed I've got this and I've got that in Christ well we have to walk according to it as well because that's when the reality of the truth comes do I believe it? well I believe it enough not to be in bed I'm usually in bed being sick but I'm not because I'm going through my life I'm not going to let that floor me anymore and it's you know we're stronger in character because of it our attitude's right because of it otherwise you might as well just be sick in that bed honest but you miss out and we miss out on so much but there's a physical we have to break through if we want to know Jesus in this arena of victory then we've got to be victorious over something or give him a chance because we're trusting in him and he's going to take us through because I guarantee once we cross the, the threshold of the pain and you're doing what you're going to do your attention is not on your sickness anymore your attention's on whatever you're doing or in him and do you know what you're not sick any longer it doesn't have the influence anymore so you can walk to your next hurdle a challenge and conquer that and this is what we've got to do as Christians we've got to conquer these things that come the Christian life's okay it's smooth, it's okay, I'm praising God there's no problems, hallelujah it's good to praise God in them times we must but we've got to know that we can praise him when it gets difficult when it gets hard, when it's an effort sometimes because we're not going by our emotions we're going by what we know is the truth and that's what really matters, you know, honestly. We have no problem receiving forgiveness from God. You know, but, you know, some of us struggle with the guilt and the combination of the past. You know, that barrage our thinking. And probably other people's us forgiving someone else. That gets us a bit more difficult then. Because when people have hurt us and they downright ought to be punished, yet I'm being let scot free, well, shouldn't they? By me anyway. You know, because that's, and that's where we're bringing something to ourselves. You know, we're not just accepting that I've got the freedom of forgiveness and no condemnation or guilt. This is the art of celebration. But the art of celebration is linked in me forgiving someone else as well. You know, because I didn't deserve to be forgiven and nor did I. But because I am, I've got to play and be fair. Let's, let's, let's get it. <clears throat> I'm trying to, I've written something there, I've got to write. By faith, we have to believe what God has done. And the faith is what I said, it's based on what God revealed about himself. What God has shown us through his word. Through the life and the death of Jesus. And his resurrection. We're believing by faith in the character of the one who wrote this. That is trustworthy. That is honest. That his character is flawless. 
that it will not bring anything to hurt us into our life. And that's why we have faith in him. So in areas in our life where it's difficult for us to see the way through or the way out, this is what we just have to hang on to him and hold it for all we got. And know that I'm being led by this. And I, I can't make sense of all this stuff around me. But I know that God's going to bring me through, out, up out of the valley, onto the dry ground, into clarity, into confidence and victory. But it takes time. There are a lot of people who believe in Jesus and it's not a biblical one. They just don't. Now, again I'm going to read a paragraph here. When we talk about the Old Testament, I'm not trying to lead you back under the law again. It was the Old Covenant that brought the law. And to keep the covenant, you had to keep the law. But according to the writer of Hebrews, the old covenant has been made obsolete. Right? And has been replaced by a new covenant. The Old Testament, I'm pushing this point, is so, so relevant because the foundation in our lives. And Jesus is in there and we need to understand him from that place. Last week we talked about a definition of God's glory and we talked about it being his way of looking at things, his reality, his truth. So for us, we sometimes have to lay down what we think is the truth, the way we've been doing things all our lives. And trust God to do them things his way. I think the amplified version of Matthew 6.33. Can you pull it up Richard? It's really interesting. It says seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. But it's interesting what the, the amplified says. It says, his way of doing things and being right. Not your way. And, and you, the way you've done it may have been okay. You may, you may have been victorious in the way of some of the things that you've done. But it's not his way. Our, our opinions and the prejudices we have in our life, we've got to learn to lay aside. Because we just want to arrive on dry land. We want to be victorious in that place and beyond. So seek, aim at, strive after. First of all, his kingdom in the things that we do. That's what we're looking at. And his righteousness. Well, we're already righteous, but to implement his righteousness... His way of doing things. 
And being right is right. The Creator of heaven and earth says, This is the way to do it. It's being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. We tend to do things, and even if we're successful, we just get the things that we need. We don't get all the other things besides that God wants to reap in and bring into the, the answer of the victory. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, we just want to get this one thing done and get me there. But God wants to get us there amongst all the other things that we're going to need that will so benefit us in our daily life. And again in Romans 3, 4, I don't need the scripture, Richard, thanks. It says, let God be true and every man a liar. So, I think I finished with this last week. We have to learn to live life on God's terms. If you want victory, if you want all the fruit of salvation to be bearing fruit in our lives, we have to live life on God's terms, God's way. If you're successful, if you're making money, if you're settled and satisfied, and it's not God's way, it's not the right way. Our prejudices, our opinions, someone said, opinions are like noses, everyone's got a couple, and they've got holes in. And, you know, we've, we've all stumbled upon little things that have, this works, this is a good idea, but it's not in here. So, scripture, Psalm 37, verses 3 to 5, it says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, I love this bit, and feed on his faithfulness. Not yours or mine, our faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall... Give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will bring it to pass. We have to learn to live life on God's terms. This is some milk. I beseech you then. Brothers. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Richard, have you got this in the Amplified? And can you put it on the top? We've done this a couple of times. But this is going to really... <laughs> we'll read this and you'll see this for yourselves. It's phenomenal. In the context of living life on God's terms, we want in the victory, of the, the fruit of salvation in our lives. We want to know Jesus according to the scripture. 
Then it's getting in line and in terms to be able to interpret, to understand that this is a motive, this scripture, all this is about love. Whether it looks like love to you or not, it is. We go, Rich. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Amplified. Wow. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and beg you in the view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all the members and your faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Next verse, Rich. <clears throat> Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewing or renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may. Stand on. No. So that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You must have been out there. Can you see? When you, you dig it a bit, out of it comes God saying, if you give me all of, me, all of you consecrated, you know, you'd be absolutely super intent on focusing on all of your stuff, bring it to me. I will show you so much riches that will cause you to walk in the salvation that I've supplied by my son so wonderfully. So incredibly. And you'll know what the perfect will of God is. It'll, it'll just be there. You'll know. And out of that comes health, prosperity, peace. Everything that's in how Jesus walked on the earth is exactly the same. You'll be walking like that. Phenomenal. So if we want to see Jesus in the word and get revelation from God by the spirit, then we have to be willing to lay down all our premeditated ideas and opinions about him that have have not come out of the scripture and allow him to teach us again, if necessary. You know, when the New Testament letters, they're, they're what the, is called the Apostles' Doctrine, right? And this, the, the New Testament is what all New Testament truth is based on. 
All the disciples in the Old Testament wrote the books according and from the Old Testament truth. Had a revelation from being with Jesus and wrote the truth. Have I, got, have I made that clear? The disciples walked with Jesus, saw him do what he did. And then after the death and the burial and the resurrection, they all, filled with the Holy Spirit, were taught by the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament, also by the life of Jesus with them, and wrote the scriptures. So, the New Testament is the absolute fundamental foundational truth for all New Covenant doctrine. There isn't any more doctrine. There's no new revelation of Jesus coming out. It's here and arrived. It's interesting you should say that. I try and read this, it's a peculiar one to read. You know, there's nothing happening in the world, we talk about a new doctrine, that hasn't been around before. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay, it's interesting. Listen to this Ecclesiastes 1 9 and 10. I'll try and read it. It's a. Uh, you'll see what I'm on about when I read it. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There's nothing new. Nothing new. No new revelations of Jesus. We said this last week. You know, people... In Pentecostal churches, charismatic, they get all filled with the Holy Spirit and they, they start prophesying things that are not in the Bible. People prophesy Jesus is coming back 1914, 1930, not, you know, these cults. And it's, it's, it's not the truth. Under the inspiration of not the Holy Spirit, you know. Stuart was showing me a video of a church where the guy had been praying and they got in the spirit and he told them that they were all cows. And they went out on the, into, into the lawn outside the church, started eating the grass. I mean, no wonder the world thinks we're bunkers when we're doing things like that. But saying that, Do you know that the Pope can speak what they call ex cathedra? Right? And that is, when, he's when he says this, it is seen as infallible word of God. And it, it doesn't have to be in here. Ex cathedra and he can pronounce different things and it's seen as infallible. And that's the truth. So, we have to realise that there's no other truth coming from... We've got it. You know, thank God we've got the author in us. 
Ain't that the truth? Praise God. I've got some things to read here, but I'll, I'll leave this till next time because of because of um, there's a lot about things about history, the way um, this lies have infiltrated the church, and and um, still is infiltrating the church. But the church was strong in the first couple of centuries after the resurrection. And the disciples taught and brought on what happened in Jesus' time through generations. And gradually they started writing the letters that we know as the New Testament. Right? God teaching people about the truth of what's taking place. This is a good way to interpret end times. When I was reading it, the answer to the, the future is in here. Listen to what it says in this Ecclesiastes. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said this is new? It has always already been in ancient times before us. And later on in the year we'll be doing a talk, I keep advertising this, about the end times and for us to be ready in the end times and for not to be fearful. Because what's going to be taking place has already taken place. There's things in here that they're just going to rear their head again. They can't do nothing new. All we know is that we are in Christ and we're safe. We're secure. He's the victor. You know when... I want to remind you... In the times of King David... And the oldest right times, when a king was um, who was coming to terrorise the country was um, lost the battle. This is what would take place. They would take the king, capture capture him, and they'd get all the members of his family in front of him. And while he's tied. All the members, be it his children, his wife and, and whoever else. And then they would slaughter them in front of their very eyes. Because that was the very first, the last thing that the king who terrorised the people would see. All his hope, all his family, everyone he loved being killed before him. And then they would, it's been, then the king's eyes have been gouged out. That was a, the last thing that the king saw. Then the, he might be put in a cage or he might be tied up and dragged through the, through the villages of where he was terrorising. And everyone who was terrorised by this king would stand in the streets and watch this king be dragged past him 
and they could kick him, spit on him, throw things at him, whatever it was to get rid of the terror and recognise and the scene with their very own eyes, this king has been destroyed. His terror has gone. Can you see the point of this? This is what, the, this is what took place. This is the way kings were paraded. The Bible calls the triumphant procession. And Paul was the last in line. But when evil kings were overthrown, they were taken through and given this display so that the people who were being terrorised could know they're free. This is exactly what has happened to Satan. He has been utterly conquered by Jesus. I'm telling you, because I've just told you about the end times and about the problems that are going to come. But I want to let you know, before we start, that we're victorious, that God's victorious, that we haven't got anything to fear. Because for the most part, the church is frightened of what's going to happen in the end times, what's going to take place. But Jesus has overcome the world. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give it. And then the other one is in John 16, 33. Trouble and frustration. In this world you will have trouble, frustration. But don't worry. I've overcome the world. Will you put that up, Richard? Can you do that? John 16.33, Amplified Version. <clears throat> and then we're going to finish. Jesus is talking to us. I've told you these things so that in me you may have Perfect peace. Peace, peace, double portion. And confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. Now, that's what God's done to the devil. That's what Jesus' victory brought. He's taken away power to affect us. We are absolutely in a victorious place. But we've got to go through these things. And in the next few weeks, we're going to see the way. Jesus was being prophesied in the Old Testament, but the way he was just ushered into the kingdom, the way he wasn't just Mary, was a virgin birth, but there was Elizabeth, who was barren, and John the Baptist was born. Again, Jesus' cousin, who was brought into the world for a purpose at a poignant time, Six months before Jesus was born. And he was going to be leading people. 
and setting up, setting up the world, Israel for the coming Saviour because Israel knew Jesus was coming. Israel knew there was a Messiah on the way. They even went to ask John, didn't they? Who are you? I'm not Christ. I'm not Elijah. But the religious people, did they want to check him out and find out who he was? Because they knew that this was the time when the Messiah was going to arrive. And we're going to be talking about that next week. So we... This is how we get to know about Read some of the Old Testament. Read about the Passover. Read about the feasts. Because in it all, the mechanics of it all, Jesus is hidden in them scriptures. You know. And the more, like John said earlier on, the more we know about this, the more we recognise it just reinforces what we know is the truth. So when people come to us and ask us questions about lots of different things, what, you know, the Old Testament truth, I say, well, yeah, I believe that. But the fulfilment is when Jesus did this, because he came to fulfil the law and the prophets, and, put, and you can see that you instructed, instructed your heart and you come to know the truth, and you've grown in the word, and in the truth of that word. And, and if you're going to... You need to re- listen to this stuff a couple of times. We could try and get uploaded onto the website. And you can listen to it again and go through the scriptures. And get a mindset of what's going on. Use it. Cultivate it. And the more thought and attention you give it. God will give you revelation about it. Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Have you got anything from today? Are you encouraged? Yeah. You know that Jesus is victorious and alive. You can go into, into the days tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday knowing that you can be strong and confident and bold in Jesus. No fear. Father, we thank you and praise you. We're not all emotional, Lord. We just thank you that your truth sets us free. What you bring to us, what you give us, what we see about you as you reveal yourself to us in your word is incredible, phenomenal. Why don't people see this, Lord? That you are an amazing God. You're amazing. Lord, and we thank you that by your Spirit, you'll take us through these days. The Holy Spirit, you'll teach us and show us as we listen to you and think about you and read your word and just enjoy being loved by you, that we'll grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. Lord, we thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.